Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Annual Beef Heifer Replacement Forecast for the 2022 Production Season. This article is co-authored by Dr. Matt Stockton, as well as Extension Educator Randy Sainer, both located at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Aaron. Over the last five years, you annually have put together this annual beef heifer replacement forecast. Tell us why you go to the effort of doing this, what's behind the numbers, and what value do you hope it provides for those who are looking at it? So I, the reason we do it is to kind of give people a guideline to look at when they're purchasing heifers. Also, if you're raising your own, it kind of gives you an idea of, of uh, what, what, you know, if you, what you're putting into a heifer and how would that affect her as far as her profitability. And Matt, Matt I'll let you go ahead and finish. Oh, you bet. No, Randy's absolutely right. And, um, as an educator, Randy also, he's also a rancher and he, he has a lot of experience with trying to understand numbers and do things. And one of the things we try to do is that there's nobody else that does um, a forecast and it's a complicated it's a very complex decision in some ways. I mean, I guess it's not complex if you just come up with a number, but I mean, it's complex in the sense that what we do is we take the, what you pay for the heifer and then you subtract, uh, well, or, you know, I mean, that's, that's a cost. And then you can subtract from that cost what you receive from the heifer after she's had her useful life. So that, and then the difference then would be what you have to pay for in the meantime and that depends on how long she's going to be in the herd, how, how much productivity she has, and the cost associated with that and the revenue associated with those individual events. And then basically that happens over, we figure if a cow's got a 10-year life, that's going to be the case. Well, not every heifer has a 10-year life. Some only have a one-year life. Some of them have less than a year life after they're in the herd. So that's what... we. That's, that makes it somewhat complicated because you have to kind of say, okay, what are the prices going to be in the future? What are the, what are the costs going to be in the future? And so what we use is we use a FAPRI, which is, a, is, a, is an organization, the Missouri, that a bunch of economists, and they build these models and they try to build them so they account for all the costs and all the different things and all the macroeconomic things, which are money and interest rates and all the different kinds of things. And they come up with these forecasts for, for values of animals and as far as, you know, cost, what they're valued at when you sell them and also what the production costs might be and how they change. And so we took all that factory stuff, put it together in a spreadsheet and forecast this for individual animals, along with we used growth, actual growth and actual animals history from the GSL ranch where we had productivity. And that productivity then was used to forecast are any productivity that a cow might have. So it considered age and all kinds of things. So basically we had cows that only were in the herd for one season or less. We had a 2% death rate. We had a, all that was accounted for in, in the model. So you got depreciation, you got expenses, you have all these things. And the reason you got to do that to get the forecast of uh, break-even value is because if you're, if let's say like we were just talking a little bit before this and Aaron had said, well, what about when prices go up or when they go down? If you're expecting higher prices in the next five years, if, the, if you're right on that forecast, you could expect to pay more for that animal rather than less, where if you're expecting prices to go down, you would expect less. 
the other thing that Matt didn't include, um, FAPRI is the same group that, that the uh, congressional people use for their predictions of the future. So they've got pretty extensive background. And the other thing we did is we just didn't use FAPRI prices. We adjusted them for Nebraska. So we went in and looked at what our actual costs were in Nebraska from meetings that producers did where we got a budget. And Aaron, I know in your area, you did one too. And I used some of those figures to uh, adjust to Nebraska situations. As you put together this model and you really begin to forecast, I think one of the things I really appreciated that you put together this time was a chart looking at expected annual cow cost and also looking at expected annual replacement rate. And then based off of that, what the correlation between the two looking at what would be the expected amount you could pay for a bred heifer in this coming year and expect for her to break even. Share with us a little more about how you developed that chart, the information that went into that, and how that might provide some framework for people to look at and say, where do I fit in this? And maybe what should I consider as I think about buying replacements? So we, um, we took the initial one and then Matt ran it through the model for different, different, uh, basically replacement rate and different cost of production. And then we correlated those two and it, it goes in $10 increments. Um, but it's really nice because you can look, well, hey, I don't, I don't have the, tw- the 15% that they said, or I don't have the 12% that they said, I've got it, 19% replacement rate. So you can go down and, you know, my costs are approximately 915. So you can go down and look and see, okay, th- that's the break even value. And we, and we know that, you know, this is uh, just a starting point for people, but at least it gives them an idea and they can kind of adjust it for their own operation. Absolutely. So basically, we, I, I, we, we actually, that's, we have a, another chart in there that we put in there previous year where it just said, you, you know, for every point of increase or decrease, you would uh, increase or decrease your break-even value. Those chart tables are in there, but that requires some mathematics to be able to use that information and to estimate that for yourself. So what we realized was it'd be just easier just to put a table. And so what we did is we we did the mathematics for everybody, basically. And so what you do is so like you can look at different. I mean, you have to go within the range that we did because our range went from 14 to 28 percent call rate uh, or no replacement rate. I wouldn't say call rate because call rate can be different than replacement rate. And we're assuming. The other thing is prices went from about $750 or close to that down to up to 900 and some dollars. I can't remember the exact amount, but, and, and if you've got uh, cost associated with those or those replacement rates, yeah, you can use the table. And I realized that if I was going to use this as a producer, I, I, I don't want to mess around, try to figure all this out because it, I mean, I made the math is not exactly easy to start with. And the other thing is, it's, it's easier just to look on a table and, and you can see what we did to give you a starting point for what you might think is, I mean, we thought we're trying to provide value for users in a way that, you know, cause I have a lot of people sometimes call about questions about things. And so you want to be able to say, okay, this is what we have. Now, these are the assumptions. And that's the whole thing is you got to realize those numbers are all based on factory prices. We had Nebraska costs that we use budgets from that we made from a cow cost calculator which anybody can do their own budgets and they can figure out what their cost is. And then we used all this other information and we put it together. And, it, and so that would be really complex for a person to do by themselves. And so that's why we did it. 
And the whole point is to give somebody a, a starting point or an idea of what it might be given future expectations. Yeah, and, and man, our top price was nine. Our top cost was nine ninety, and the bottom was seven thirty-five. I've got the table up, so right. I I just didn't have it in front of me, but so I mean, the the, the whole point is, it 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 it's it, in some respects. I don't know of any other place that I have ever seen a forecast of what a heifer might be worth or a replacement animal is worth, whether you raise her or you purchase her, what they'd be worth. It, it, to give you an idea how you're doing on purchasing them. It just gives you a, a place that you can placeholder. That doesn't mean you're going to buy heifers for that price. So that doesn't mean you're going to pay that much because you may pay may, more or less, depending on you might have a different objective. Because what if your objective is to in, introduce certain genetics? Well, you might not buy all your heifers at a certain really high price, but if you have certain genetics you want, you may be willing to pay a lot more than what this says you should because you want those genetics or you want that that is the other thing is if you can get it at a better price it's probably a good indication that if things go the way we uh, are predicted to go then uh, you could actually do pretty well on that animal the, the the other thing is we have two tables one for borrowed money and one for non-borrowed money and the borrowed money we borrowed 50 percent for that heifer and it just shows when you have to borrow for your patient if you don't take it out of your operating if you have to borrow for it um your prices are actually less that you can pay because you've got more expenses than heifer from interest. Now, when Randy says operating, what he means is operating cash or uh, uh, working capital. We're not talking about, oh, you borrow your operating capital and then you borrow that from your borrowing because that, that would be the same as borrowing it. That, that's correct. I think the thing that jumps out to me as I look at the chart, and again, this is intuitive and it makes sense, but as your cow costs go down, and your replacement rates go down, the more you can afford to pay for a bred heifer, or I would say the more profitable you are, the more potential margin you have. Obviously, as replacement rates go up and your annual cow costs go up, what you can afford to pay for a bred heifer goes down. In fact, if you look at the, the very high replacement rate, and again, we hope folks aren't at this, but the highest one you have is 28%. That means you're replacing 28% of your cow herd every year. And if you have annual cow cost uh, pushing $1,000, uh, you can only afford to pay about $1,080 for a bred heifer. On the other hand, if you have really low annual cow costs down in the low 700s and you're at a 14% replacement rate, based on your forecast, you could pay almost $2,175 for a bred heifer. So again, I think it just illustrates to me the importance of annual cow cost and your replacement rate. If you can be focused on addressing that. And again, we haven't talked about the production side here. We're assuming an average production, but it does drive home again, how important those two things are. Oh, absolutely. I would agree with that. Cost control is, is key as well as that replacement rate. Cost control is going to help you as a producer, the better you can control your costs. And we know sometimes costs go up like right now, things seem to be higher, but um, it's really important in what you can afford to pay. And it'd be the same way, Aaron, if you're, if you're raising your own, have you ever looked at the cost it takes you to raise that heifer? This, this table could be used for people that are raising their own and look at how they're doing as far as cost control in the replacement heifer program. I would also like to point out that when you do replacements, what we assume in the model and is that your cows if you're replacing at a high rate, 28% of your cows 
your your cows aren't staying in the herd very as long as cat. In other words, the average age of your cows are are different. And what we use is average age of the cows when we calculated an approximate a level of how long the cow would stay in the herd. So the longer a cow stays in the herd, the assuming you're making profit on that cow, then the longer that cow has to pay back what you paid for, as well as other inputs and resources you have. The shorter a cow stays in the herd, the less time she has. So in other words, we did break-even values for two-year-olds, and those were like 900, 500, 600, depending on what your cost was. And then, but if a 10-year-old cow, you could have paid up as much as uh, three or four, $3,000 or more, you know, depending if, if you know, she was in the herd. So on average, these are numbers based on the life expectancy of the herd, which in other words, that 14% rate is you're going to replace 14% every year. And on average, if you do that, this is this is the category you belong in. That's how we figured that. Because it's a tough thing because sometimes replacement rates aren't always constant. And But in this case, when we calculated this, we used a constant rate. But remember, this is an approximation and it's also, it's a forecast. We're trying to do the best we can with the information we have to tell you, hey, this is what we think based on the forecast done by professional economists at the University of Missouri and that's what we have. I think a couple other things that jump out to me, if we look at some North Dakota State University data, looking at what would be uh, expected average cow age, and that's around a 16% replacement rate, you know, 16% of the cows being replaced annually. And typically what happens with how cows move out of the herd. So oftentimes younger cows, twos and threes are where we frequently see more of a struggle to get those rebred. Uh, once a cow gets to age four or five, she often stays in the herd. And then, of course, when you get out to eight, nine, or 10 is when we start to see a higher level of exit again. But their data would say, on average, if you're replacing 16% of your cows every year, probably you're somewhere around five and a half to six in terms of your average cow age. And so, again, I think that just confirms some of what you shared. You know, the other thing I think that jumps out to me is that nobody knows what the future holds in terms of prices, but what we can look at is relationships. And I think it's pretty consistent. We know if you're able to control your cost, as you said, Randy, and you're able to uh, reduce your replacement rate, uh, it's going to help you in terms of your profitability. The other thing I would just make a comment in, and I'd ask you guys to give feedback on this, is that I'm sure as you valued those cows going out, you're valuing them at what we call open cow price or market cow price not as bred cows. Is that correct? That, that would be correct, Aaron. We did it at call prices. So, Yeah. And so I think as people look at their cow herds and look at cow value, uh, we know that young cows often appreciate value. And for example, if you look at, go to an auction barn here in Nebraska, if you have a set of really nice two-year-olds that are, uh, you know, same age, same quality, uh, they're going to bring a price. If those same heifers came back next year to the auction after having one calf, again, an honest set of heifers, not ones and twos, but a good set of heifers, they actually may be worth more as three-year-olds uh, because of the perceived increase in value of what they'd have to the cow herd. So understanding your cow herd value, understanding relationships, and also how you can capture more value from cows when they leave the herd would also impact what you could pay for your numbers. So not trying, to murky, not trying to murky the waters, but uh, I think it's important to think that through as we think about replacements. Right. So you're right. And, and, and then it's a really good point, Aaron. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity I think people have 
in that call value. I mean, okay, you talked about maybe appreciating value. And in a sense, I look at each individual cow having a different depreciation rate. In other words, if you have a cow that's two years old, she calves once and doesn't get pregnant, you got a really high depreciation rate, especially if she's cold. But if you got a cow that lives 10 years and then doesn't, I mean, see the depreciation rate is over the lifetime of the cow. So each individual cow has a different depreciation rate, so to speak. And actually I would, I would almost call it more like a cow replacement cost if, is, is, is kind of a better way to look at it. So if you're right, if you can get more money for that cow when she leaves the herd at whatever condition she leaves in it, it means you can pay more, assuming you made money during the years that you made money, you could pay more for that animal because your, 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 your salvage value is higher. And the less that difference is, the less money you have between those two. So in other words, if you buy a cow for $2,400 and you sell her for $2,400, it, it, assuming money's the same value when you buy her and sell her, then theoretically, all you have to worry about is making money in between. Okay, so that, you're exactly right. And so cow value, when you sell cows or how you sell calls, I mean, even, even maybe even retaining cold cows and selling, uh, getting them uh, white fat. There's some, uh, Dylan Fates did some work on that. There, you know, whatever you can do to increase that can, can, can increase the price you can pay for heifers, but it can also, what basically what we're saying is it also increases profitability. Yeah, I guess I'm a biased in this and people who talk with me understand this, but I think finding ways to capture more value from cows as they leave the herd is one of the greatest opportunities for cow calf producers to address cow costs because cow depreciation, which is a really big part of what you're talking about in this article, is a huge expense for many cow-calf producers that I think is often overlooked. Uh, it's a cost that you don't get a bill in the mail that says, Aaron, you own $50,000 in cow depreciation this year. We don't, we don't see that. But when I go buy a cow for $2,000 and I call her for $800, depreciation happened. And so being able to understand that, understand what occurs with that, I think can really be helpful to people as they try to address this issue of profitability and annual cow costs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Aaron, Aaron just even in, in you know, those two-year-old heifers that don't breed, just getting them bred and maybe selling them for later, later cattle or calving heifers um, may give you more dollars than just selling them open to, depending on, depending on the animal. Randy, Matt, anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for producers to know and understand as they, as they look at the article that you've written and look at the charts? I, I would just say, just remember, this is an estimate. It gives you a guideline to follow. Everybody's going to be different. So, you know, you're going to adjust for your operation, but it just kind of, hopefully it helps you look at your operation and, and have a guideline to follow when you're purchasing heifers or if you're raising them, looking at the cost. The only thing I would say um, is number one is there's a lot of opportunity to talk here. We could talk a long time, like depreciation, all this stuff, Aaron, really super valuable information. And, and there's a lot of stuff we could get into, but the thing I'm looking at most when I, when I'm thinking about this is that you aren't going to make money on every heifer you buy. You want to get that. And I'm, you're, you're, you want to have a least loss as possible. You want to make as much as, in other words, you want as many efforts to be successful as possible at a proper cost, which is another whole thing. And, and this is kind of what this illustrates because 
In other words, if your heifer stays in the, if, if your cow stays in the herd longer, you have a better chance of paying her off, whatever you paid for. Her. If your cow has a short life, she has a big burden to bear if, if you don't get a lot of money for her when you sell her. Um, and, and the cost is huge. Cost can really change what you can do with your operation. In other words, if, 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 if you're keeping your cost per, per unit, meaning you know, per, per calf or whatever you want, however you want to measure it, if that's low, if you're at the bottom end of that and you're doing a good job with productivity, because you got to have the productivity, then you're going you're, you're gonna to have a better chance of taking financial shocks and you can pay more for the animals you do to replace, which means you might get better genetics. There's a bunch of stuff you can do. So it gives you that flexibility. So this whole article just kind of illustrates that whole point. I, I think you know what I mean, Aaron. Yeah, I think we also can remember times, I'll give it 2014, 2015 as an example, where there was some $2,500, $3,000 bred heifer sold. And based on market prices at the time, it made sense. Unfortunately, in the years that followed, like 2016, 17, 18, uh, market prices dropped drastically. And so the revenue generated from those bred heifers that were purchased, as well as their coal cow value, all dropped greatly. And uh, you look at the depreciation expense on some of those, it's uh, breathtaking and really hard to overcome in terms of the impact of that to a ranch's profitability. So there's just a lot of things to think about with this, uh, a lot of things to consider, but I guess I would just remind people of the formula for cat appreciation. It's purchase price or development cost minus sales price divided by years of service. So anything you can do to get a cow into the herd for less cost, capture more value from her when she leaves the herd or get more years of productivity out of her, all of those things will help you address cat appreciation. Matt, Randy, thanks for joining me today. You bet. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. Aaron. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the article that we discussed is in the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter, and that's titled Annual Beef Heifer Replacement Forecast for the 2022 Production Season.